1: Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic. And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Nothing is cooler in my world than Sunday snow... First one in my neighborhood. Christmas lights and decorations in my house. I actually put the first ornaments on the tree this weekend and put my Christmas pillows out. I love my Christmas pillows. Snowmen everywhere. Inside, not outside. And fresh baked mocha cinnamon blondies. It's a new recipe. The entire downstairs smelled like cinnamon rolls. That's what they smelled like. Producer Jay, have you tried the Mocha Cinnamon Blondies, or are you afraid?
3: I haven't gotten to try those ones yet, but I did just smell them, and I was thinking how good that they smelled. You stuck your
2: nose in there and smelled them? I did. They smelled like cinnamon rolls when they were baking. This is a new recipe, and all I can think is how great they'll taste warm with vanilla ice cream. So it was baking. It was decorating. It was snowing. This weekend at my house, it felt like a Christmas snow globe. And then there was football. There's no football in the snow globe. (laughs) It was a good weekend. Two Sundays to Christmas. That's it. My kiddos in fourth and fifth grade, my Sunday school class, they couldn't believe it. I mean, they kind of get concepts of time. When you're that age, time doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Uh, But they were all very excited to share with me their Christmas traditions. And we made Christmas ornaments. So really fun day, really fun weekend of Christmas prep, and the travel is on the horizon. But football keeps us company, right? This time next week, we will have split the NFL weekend. NFL has urban sprawl, remember? And so it also takes over Saturdays once Army-Navy is done, and Army-Navy was playing this Saturday, last college football game before the Bulls. So from this point forward, You've got NFL games on Saturdays, and Christmas weekend, there's even games on Fridays. Because why not? That's just the NFL. They're a bully. Let's be fair. (laughs) Let's call a spade a spade. The NFL is a bully. And yet, we like this bully. Sometimes... I wish the NFL would take a breather, but that's just not the world we live in. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. I hope you had a great weekend as well. If you were traveling, if you were prepping, if you were baking, if you were cooking, if you were stressing out, whatever it is, we reconvene here on a Sunday night and we're going to go all out sprint. A Tyree Hill sprint up the sidelines. That's what we do here on our Sunday night show. And our commitment to you is that we will cover every game at least once. As it turns out, uh, I don't know if we're going to end up with a guest. Usually we have a guest on our Sunday night show, but we right now are still in limbo. So we don't have one currently scheduled, which is totally fine uh, because there's so much material to get to. We actually have the first team that has clinched the playoffs. We've got so many more configurations of quarterback moves, uh, some because of injuries, some because of ineptitude. There's a lot of post-game reaction. Certainly injuries are always a part of the game. Um, And and we've got teams on the rise, teams that are sinking. This is week 14 in the NFL with just one game left to go. Or wait, is this week 15? Is it 14 or 15? Okay. (laughs) For a second there, I freaked myself out. Yes, week 15 coincides with one travel weekend for me. And then week 16 is Christmas weekend. Week 17 is New Year's weekend. And then week 18 is the end of the regular season and takes us into 2023. I know. I don't believe it either. We are live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance yours, Rocket Mortgage can help you get there. For home loan solutions that fit your life, Rocket can. So, yes, first snow of the season in my neighborhood. No, I don't live in Buffalo. Uh, It's so pretty. I just have one inch on the ground, but it didn't stop snowing all day long. Sunday was a really pretty day uh, Penny discovered how much she loves snow again. She loves to stick her face in it. And she lifts her nose out of the snow and has snow piled on her nose. She thinks it's super cute. It is super cute. Uh, so this New Hampshire girl and her Aussie are both happy. Uh, and we've got some some Christmas and holiday goodies for you. Oh, what a fun noise that is. Stop it. Okay, I'm like a child with a rattle right now. That is a fun noise. I want you to know what I do for you guys. I bought a bag of M&M's, a super-sized bag of M&M's. I could not find the ones that are just red and green for Christmas, and so I I bought a regular bag of M&M's, and I I washed my hands multiple times, I promise. Went through, well, not that you're going to eat the M&M's. Jay's probably going to eat the M&M's. But (laughs) Jay, here's your Christmas present. So I went through and I picked out all the green and red M&Ms and put them into a jar, and then also picked out a few brown ones to make it look like it's a Christmas tree with a stem, a real Christmas tree. And then I put them in a jar so that you all can guess how many M&Ms are in this jar. We're going to put up a video for you. Jay and I were just talking about how we could do a 360 video or video in the round so that you can start to guess. And the three closest guesses, the three tightest estimates, will win After Hours t-shirts. And I don't know that I'll get them to you for Christmas, but you'll have them for the start of the year. Sorry, just got a bunch of traveling on tap. But I will send them to you uh, once we connect with you. And you will, I don't, are we sending them the M&Ms too? (laughs) Open the M&M's in a bag and send you the M&M's. Or actually, like I said, this might. since Jay has to count the M&M's, I told him, I put them in the jar, that means you have to count them.
3: It's a fair trade.
2: You didn't really ask, I didn't ask you which job you would prefer. And so you got stuck with, but here's the thing, Jay, you have to count them, not eat them. Because you know you're going to have to count them twice just to be sure. That's how it goes. Oh. You have to double check your work. So you can't eat them as you're counting them. Right. No no Fine. guessing. You can't, uh-oh, I think I missed one, and then just guess. Subscribe. No. Take it off. No. All right, we won't eat them. We won't eat them. Neither you nah, nor Moose Chunk <laughs> are allowed to eat them. Uh, so, yes, Jay's going to count them. So I think Jay typically takes what he works on here on the show like for instance he modeled the shirt and he never gave it back so i probably won't be getting these m&ms back which means that you're gonna have to buy your own m&ms but you get a free shirt that you cannot buy anywhere on the market it's not available for sale it's only available if you guess the number of m&ms in the jar Exclusive. so that's what i know that's one of our holiday goodies we also have a another surprise for you a little bit later in the week We've been planning for it, actually. Uh, it comes with props. That's all I'm going to say. So, for now, and, and I don't have the jar, the jar video up yet on social, but we will before the day is done. Um, well, <laughs> Sunday's nearly done. Before Monday is done, it'll be a magic Monday. No, wait a minute. It'll be an M&M Monday. See? There it is. See? Boom. Uh, and so for that, we are excited for your guesses and excited to share with you uh, what we've got this week for your holiday goodies. So please find us on Twitter, A Law Radio. That's me. Our show Twitter is After Hours CBS. Either one, all of our polls originate in, uh, with our show Twitter, but I always retweet everything. Well, most things. If Jace misspells something, I do not retweet it.
3: <laughs> it's true.
2: It's fair, right? That's fair. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Okay. I don't want to look like the dork. I mean, that's, it's your fault for not spell checking, John Heyman. So, (laughs) whoa, whoa. Shots fired. Shots fired. (laughs) Anyway. So our show Twitter or my Twitter again, A Law Radio, and then also on our Facebook page after hours with Amy Lawrence. I'm telling you, we've got some fun holiday stuff on our social media over the next couple of weeks. So make sure you connect with us there. Shall we talk about the the lay of the land in week fourteen in the NFL? In the AFC, the top two teams, they stay in lockstep. Now, it wasn't easy for either the Bills or the Chiefs, but both of them moved to 10-3 and 3 on the season. Both of them now leading the way, except, remember, the Bills beat the Chiefs in their head-to-head matchup earlier in the season, which means that the Bills have the tiebreak. It's a four-game win streak for Buffalo. And now they are even in the division. Remember, they started out 0-2 in the AFC East, but... Back to back wins, a little vindication for the Bills in their division. And as I say, next to the Bengals, they are the hottest team in the AFC. And right now it's neck and neck between the Bills and the Chiefs. The Ravens and the Bengals also win on Sunday. They are still tied atop the AFC North. So their records are nine and four. They are a game back. Should the Bills or the Chiefs or both falter, Ravens and or Bengals are there to try to grab that top seed. And the number two seed is also valuable if you're thinking about home field. Right now, the Ravens have the better record in the division. They actually are perfect inside the AFC North, but still weeks to go. The Titans... Here I was thinking Derrick Henry would have another classic day against the Jaguars. You know how much he loves to run for 400 yards against the Jaguars. Well, he (laughs) had... Jay, did you see this? I thought it was happening again. He had 100 yards in the first quarter. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, it's happening again. Except that they couldn't run the ball as much later in the game because the Jaguars were flying up and down the field and... Henry fumbled twice in this game. So not a classic Derrick Henry game against the Jaguars. And it really funny. I was listening to Westwood one following this game and Trevor Lawrence talked about the playoffs and being in the playoff conversation. And Scott Graham comes back from that, that bite and says simmer down son or hold on son. He called him son. I was like, Oh, okay. It's a little disrespectful. Also, it makes you sound super old, but (laughs) a little bit, but the point is, The Jaguars have won two big confidence-building games in the last three weeks. I know they got smushed last week, but they've bounced back. And when every other team in that division lost this week, the Jaguars picked up a win and gained some ground on the Titans, who now have just a two-game lead in the AFC South. And then we've got your wild-card races, which, let's be fair, are far more scintillating in the AFC there are more teams that are involved in the wild card battles in the AFC than in the NFC. As for the NFC, congratulations to the Philadelphia Eagles. They clinched the first postseason spot in 2022. I mean, the Vikings have had weeks to try and haven't been able to do it, though they still have a healthy lead in the NFC North. But the Eagles, they continue their march four wins in a row now. Though the Cowboys have not backed up, they've also got four straight wins. The Commanders and the Giants now have the exact same record. Okay, I think this is true. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I saw that the Giants are still a wild card team if the playoffs begin today. But how is that possible? Oh, because they have the. Oh, because they have the tie, and the Seahawks are now 7-6. and Okay, that's just gross. That's icky. Stop it. And so if the NFC playoffs begin today, they do not. Let's be fair. They do not, and there's a long way to go, and the Giants are going the wrong way, as in one win in their last six games, and yet they're still a playoff team. That should tell you how bad the NFC is right now or how top-heavy it is. But because the Giants have the tie— even though they're in last place in the NFC East and they get blown out by the Eagles. Sorry, Jay. They get blown out by the Eagles on Sunday. He was all excited to watch the game too. But you were a little nervous, weren't you? Oh, I mean, I you kind of expected
3: something like this to happen, but you go into it hoping maybe there's a chance we can dummy them down and they play to us. Yeah, this was about the expected outcome, though, I'd say.
2: I walked into the gym where I teach my fourth and fifth graders on Sunday, and I'm still, try- I'm still shaking out the cobwebs, right? Drinking my coffee. I've got... My coat, my boots, my hat, I'm all bundled up. One of the high school kids that works with us, he volunteers. He comes up to me right away, gets in my face. Are the Giants going to beat the Eagles today? I said, well, they've got a—I I said, if they play good defense, they could make it ugly. That's what I said. That was what I came up with. He, yeah, he he wasn't sure about that. So I'm sure I will hear about it. Uh, when I see him the next time. <laughs> anyway. He's going to blame you. Uh, that's t- totally fine. It's a thing that, to blame the media when your team stink. So the Giants are still in the playoffs, but they're going the wrong way. Meanwhile, the Vikings have faltered now on, you know, three consecutive opportunities to at least, at least clinch a playoff spot, if not the NFC North title. I haven't been able to do that. Beware of the Lions. Hear me freaking roar. I am psyched over what the Lions are doing. Remember, we adopted the Lions preseason as our team to watch this year. And I'll be damned if Dan Campbell doesn't have them in position to sneak into the postseason, which I think would be a year ahead of schedule, if not two years ahead of schedule in Detroit. But here's my question Are you starting to believe Lions fans? Because the atmosphere at Ford Field today was raucous, it was electric. I'm so proud of you, Lions fans. You've been hiding in shame for so long. Or even when you're excited, you expect the other shoe to drop. Well, look at you. Star- starting and daring to believe. I need to know. Lions fans, where are you? I know a lot of you listen in Detroit and around the world, Lions fans. You're everywhere. Uh, on Twitter, ALaw Radio, On Facebook, let me know if you dare to believe. So the Vikings still have work to do. Lions are coming for him. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. Do you know the Lions have the same record as the Buccaneers who lead the NFC South? The Bucs are allergic to, to, uh, well, they're allergic to to winning this year, but the Buccaneers are allergic to having a lead. Have you noticed the only time they win is when they're down and they come back? They do not do anything easy this year because they can't. They can't. Tom Brady is throwing 55 passes a game, for heaven's sakes. They cannot run the ball. And even though he doesn't get sacked, he's constantly getting rid of it quickly. So the O-line has been an issue for them all year. But you know what? They had nothing for Brock Purdy on defense either. Brock Purdy. I can't wait to talk about that game. We'll do that soon, within the next hour. Panthers are also talking playoffs. Oh, stop it. Are you serious? Yes. They're a game back of the Panthers. I'm sorry. The Panthers are a game back of the Bucks in the NFC South. The Buccaneers have left that door wide open. And Steve Wilkes may dry his semi right through it. He may. He may just drive over them. It'll be a hit and run with the Buccaneers. Got to have, have to call 911 and report a crime. The Panthers just ran over the Bucs. Wait, I need to know if they play each other again. Let's see. I don't actually have schedules memorized. Oh, yes. Week 17. Week 17. Let's go, Panthers. Are you ready? Even though Baker Mayfield's now a Ram. So weird. And then the San Francisco 49ers. Longest win streak in the NFL. Six consecutive games. It coincides with Christian McCaffrey getting traded there. I'm so happy he's on a winning team now. Just like his dad. In the Bay Area. So that's an overview. We're going to start to get down and dirty oh no we're going to start to play in the snow we're actually going to get in the snow and build some snowmen with our football analysis and we will kick off with sunny night football no there was no snow in la they're missing out so on twitter or facebook get ready we've got holiday goodies for you we'll have a poll up our miserable mortified morose and oh malady's another our oh, malady monday i like that malady's another m word You know, that poll we put up every week where we ask you which team should be most embarrassed and humiliated and mortified. So that will come from our show Twitter. Just scratching the surface. I'm not going to eat any of the M&Ms. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.
5: Herbert fakes the handoff to Kelly, rolls to his right. All kinds of green in front, of him, throws to the end zone, caught! Touchdown, Chargers! Mike Williams, 10 yards from Herbert for the 18th time in their careers. Touchdown or bust, they lead by 3, 10 to 7. Look to the right of the center, there's a crease. McKitty in motion, Herbert takes the snap, hands to Eckler. Eckler into the end zone, touchdown, Chargers! Off the field, on the money, and after hours, it's time to talk football with Amy Lawrence.
2: Oh, it certainly is. Chargers hosting Sunday night football against the Miami Dolphins, who are going back-to-back games on the West Coast. Stayed out there throughout the week after losing in San Francisco. Last week, so week 13, week 14, taking in that West Coast vibe. And for the Dolphins, they're they go scoreless in that first quarter. So already with a slow start, but so does LA. <laughs> the Chargers don't get any points on the board until the second quarter, but then three of their final four drives before they hit halftime, they're able to get points on the board. Mike Williams has a 10-yard catch. He returns from injury. He's still a little hobbled, I think, on and off the field. Not quite full strength, but doing what he can to make a difference. Austin Eckler also with a one-yard rushing TD. Matt Smith with the calls on Chargers Radio. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. Sandwiched in between a very strange touchdown for Miami. Though they'll take what they can get right now.
3: Pistol formation, receivers left and right. Wilson is the back behind law Play clock down to six. Tua takes the snap, hands it off. Wilson straight ahead, jumps through the hole, picks up a first down. Across the 45, the ball came out. There's a pileup for it. It's picked up by Tyreek Hill. Hill is running down the right side. Tyreek Hill is gone to the 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Miami. Tyreek Hill somehow scooped up that ball, went racing down the right side, and nobody saw him. That's a Dolphin touchdown, a bizarre and Bizarre wanted that. Stumbled.
2: Ryan Radke on Westwood 1, it definitely was strange. Jeff Wilson fumbles the ball. Somehow it squirts out of the pile. It's a slippery little sucker, and it goes right out to Tyreek Hill, who happens to be standing there. He just reaches down, picks it up, takes off around Tua. So behind Tua hits the afterburners as he's going to the right, and then boom, up the sidelines, because everybody else has converged on the ball. You know how it is when little kids play soccer? And they just all end up at a scrum around the ball. And if anyone breaks free and the ball somehow gets out of the scrum, well, there's nobody else on the field to stop the kids. So that was Tyreek Kill. Uh, happens to be a lot faster than a child, though. Whew, didn't even need to have the speed because there was nobody around. But a 57-yard score, though the Chargers are still up 10 at the half significantly different in the second half. Only one second half touchdown, but there's that speedster again.
5: Third and five of their own
4: 40-yard line. They put Mostert in motion. Goes a
3: downfield, and it's caught! It touched down Miami! Tyreek Hill! Got that one-on-one coverage on the outside. 60 yards.
2: And no help behind it. Tyreek Hill, boy... He just explosive plays. He does have another one. 60-yard touchdown, middle of the third quarter to go along with a 57-yard touchdown before half. And so Miami, you hear that on Dolphins Radio, it does generate a couple of huge plays, but the Chargers don't give them very many opportunities. L.A. actually only manages a couple field goals in the second half, but the last one comes on a 17-play drive that lasts more than eight and a half minutes. So the challenge is to try to get the ball away from them, right? The challenge is to try to stop them. But the defense is worn out with these extended drives in the second half. So again, eight and a half minutes. For a field goal, it was a chip shot. This coming in the fourth quarter. And the Chargers do just enough. Miami is able to wrangle its own field goal with at least an attempt for an onside kick.
5: And there's Palmer. He bobbles it. It's on the ground, but it looks, oh, there is a scrum waiting for the signal. That thing was not fielded cleanly. It's going to be a fight at the bottom of that pile. DJ, we can never exhale. My goodness. They are pulling bodies off. (laughs) Both teams pleading their case. They're pointing charge of ball money. Charger football. Nick Neiman, our special teams ace, comes up with the special teams play of the game.
2: Again, that's Matt Smith on Chargers radio. So, yes, between the special teams and the defense, not to mention the 367 passing yards for Justin Herbert. This was exactly what the Chargers needed.
6: That's what I'm really proud of is how hard we played and how connected we were. Uh, I felt like defensively we just answered all the challenges in the game that we had to face. you know obviously they're having a tremendous year offensively they've got a lot of weapons um, we're down on you know a ton of guys. but I think that the way our guys competed out there, you saw the competitiveness within our program and guys trying to prove themselves and and, and showcase themselves to the league and then also showcase our defense to the league that we're up for the challenge you know and so um, it was a team effort in, in, in every way.
2: Justin Herbert certainly put on a show. He passed 51 times. 39 of 51, 367 yards, a touchdown. Now, he did get sacked four times, so there was a little bit of duress there, but no turnovers, which is
6: huge when you're hosting a game like this against an AFC challenger. He definitely led the way for our team. I thought he played with great energy tonight uh, that really affected his teammates in a positive way. Just made a lot of winning plays, really good decisions throughout the game. And, you know, when you have all your weapons you know we're going to get dp back next week so i'm not going to say all of them but you know when you get mike back in in this movie it just it looks different it feels different you know there's just more available to you and so um those guys were able to connect tonight uh keenan uh was you know his usual self tonight i felt like you know nine guys caught passes tonight so that's that's the offense that we like to play where people touch the ball i thought we ran the football well enough um, and like I said, Justin was, was fantastic in, with his decision-making tonight. That's a good defense that we just played. I have a lot of respect for them. Um, so to do it against them, you know, I think is a, is a great thing for our team. It was good
7: to see. You know, I, I think uh, we had a really good week of preparation of practice, and, um, you know, guys have, have battled, and we've dealt with a lot of adversity this year. Um, but for us to be able to pick that one up, um, get some guys back, some, some guys getting healthy this week, um, you know, it's been really good to see from our team.
2: They were only two of six in the red zone. So there was still some work that they had to do. And as I mentioned, only six points in the second half. So they definitely left the door open for the Dolphins, but the defense uh, was able to keep Miami out of the end zone, except for that one Tyreek Hill blast. Um, And then the fact that they were able to extend the drives and keep the ball away from Miami is also really helpful. So Tua and the dolphins have now dropped two games in a row back to back after winning five straight and his numbers it wasn't just him his numbers the rest of the offense fairly well i was going to say abysmal i don't it, it was rough uh anytime they were able to do anything positive they couldn't sustain it and it was the bulk of their offense coming on too explosive play so what's wrong with the offense Tua
1: everything um the, I mean, from the communication to, um, you know, getting, getting the details right with, with our guys, um, you know, and, and just being able to, to make plays for, for, for our team. And uh, like I said, it it is very disappointing um, for, for us to go out and do what we did. Um, You know, we, we worked too hard to, to put up a performance like that, to to not, you know, be be in rhythm, on time with certain throws, to, um, you know, not be able to execute some some plays, and, you know, just just not, not look like the football we're we 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 have been playing earlier in the season. Got to give credit to the
4: Chargers and the defense and, and how they played us. Um, not just him; it's on all of us. Uh, we gotta go out there, um, make plays for him. Defense be playing great, so you always want to play complimentary football. So. We got a, a lot of playmakers and you know, a great quarterback, great team, great old line. So you gotta get it together.
2: That's Jalen Waddell who pulls no punches. And guess what's waiting for Miami next Saturday night? A date with the Bills in Orchard Park, New York. Jay just made a face like, oops, whoa. Yikes. yikes. <laughs> That's for sure. So, the Dolphins have dropped two in a row, though they are still a playoff team. If the postseason started today, it does not. They are eight and five, though, and they've slipped a couple of games back of the Bills. So, next weekend is crucial. If they want any hopes to stay alive of winning that division, if they have any designs on improving their status there in the East. They got to take care of business. But it's a tall order when you're in Buffalo and it's not the weather the Dolphins are used to. Uh, Especially if it happens to be something like what we saw between the Bills and the Jets on Sunday. So, yes, 10 and 3, Bills and Chiefs. 9 and 4, Ravens and Bengals. Those are your top four records in the AFC right now. Dolphins are 8 and 5. They're the only team that's 8 and 5 in the AFC. It's kind of odd, right? Just one. Then you've got the Chargers, the Titans, and the Jets, who are all 7 and 6. Though the Titans, the only team in either South Division with a record above 500, barely, the Titans would be the number four seed automatically because they've got that division title. Though they will be more than likely, unless they run the table the rest of the way, they'll be the lowest of the the division winners, lowest seed of the division winners. So right now sitting at seven and six. And then you've got... The Patriots at six and six. Oh wait, I can't. I mentioned the Chargers. Patriots at six and six. So at this point, they're still very much in the wild card conversation, and you have four teams that are five and eight, so uh, two games back of that. So right now, and again, we still have multiple weeks to go. Any team could run the table. Your wild card contenders. Your wild card. Challengers, the likeliest, Miami, Baltimore and or Cincinnati, the New York Jets, the Los Angeles Chargers, and then you've got teams like Jacksonville, oh, the Raiders, that's almost funny to say, Jacksonville, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Patriots, all kind of right in that clump if another team should falter. That's your AFC picture. It's a lot it's a lot thicker. The wild card races are a lot tighter than what we have in the NFC. Speaking of the NFC, even when it turned into a blowout, Fox did not cut away from Bucks and Niners. I'm assuming that's because everyone wants to see Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy. Well, even if they didn't know who he was they now know his name the niners are on a tear we'll get to that game coming up you can find me on twitter a law radio we're contemplating which teams deserve to be in our mortification monday poll as we bid farewell to the weekend why are they so short why do they go so fast and we look ahead to a monday only 2 left before christmas which teams are most Morbid, miserable, mortified, morose, melancholy, manic on a Monday. I keep finding M words that fit that category.
3: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.
2: so well.
4: You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Purdy sends Kyle Juszczyk in motion, lines up as a right wing, McCaffrey to the left, Purdy going to drop back to pass, under pressure going to step up, try to run forward and go to the end zone, standing! Touchdown! San Francisco. Down and Purdy,
5: baby. Let's go. Hits, misses, and messes. Time to talk football after hours with Amy Lawrence.
2: Get to know the name Brock Purdy. Although if you're paying attention on Sunday, anywhere that talks football, even remotely, you know that Brock Fur... Brock (laughs) Furdy... I mean, I got to practice, I guess. There goes the perfect show. Brock Purdy was making his first, that's where the F came from, his first NFL start. And on the very first snap, he gets crushed by Keanu Neal, who comes in unblocked. It was one heck of a sack. That was how he got greeted. Uniform already dirty. Purdy engaged. None of that, man. <laughs> it's after hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. And so Brock Purdy responds with his first rushing touchdown of his career, as well as a couple of really sweet touchdown passes. And it helps when you've got weapons like Christian McCaffrey, who said he would do everything he could to help the rookie quarterback. Brandon Iyuk. You've got weapons like Debo Samuel. I mean, it's it's even tougher to keep everybody happy than it is to find ways to win, find ways to succeed offensively. The challenge becomes, how do you keep every weapon and every teammate engaged?
4: Kittle motions to the right of Purdy in the backfield. Ayuk slotted of inside of McCaffrey left. Jennings and uh, Ray Ray are right. Purdy going to throw for the end zone for McCaffrey. Makes the catch for a touchdown. What an adjustment there by Christian McCaffrey. Purdy back. Time pumps. Now going to throw for the end zone. Wide open. Glandon Ayuk. Touchdown. San Francisco Ayuk. Ayuk! Ayuk is on fire!
2: They do love to sing on the Niners radio network. The only downside to this one, because they were up 35-0 before Brady, Tom Brady, and the Buccaneers were even on the board. He had back-to-back interceptions to begin the second half, and San Francisco was wasting no opportunities. Uh, Christian breaks through for a 38-yard touchdown run that puts them up by... Five touchdowns. <laughs> and San Francisco ran roughshod all over the Bucks' defense. Again, they, they would get tired because the offense was doing very little with the football. And they were only getting a blow or a breather here and there. San Francisco rushes for over 200 yards. McCaffrey has half of that. Purdy himself has a pair of touchdown passes and a rushing score. 404 yards of total offense for these Niners. Again, just one moment of anxiety, one concern for the Niners.
4: Debo lines up in the backfield next to him, right? J.P. Mason is in on the line, right? Kittle goes in a jet sweep motion, handoff to Debo, coming left at a cutback, spin, break, a tackle. He fumbled the ball at the end, and Levante David has got it for Tampa Bay. See if his knee was down or not. Debo trying to twist off the tackle on the 40-yard line. He hurt his his knee. knee. He He hurt his knee. Ah.
3: his ankle Ah. goes the wrong way he's definitely not down i don't think i don't think a knee is down maybe it's a the hurt knee is down but it's really hard to tell before that ball comes out
4: how is devo he's flat on his back
6: now so it's tough to watch somebody go down especially one of your guys especially a guy that's in your room anybody going down but um you know it's tough uh but like i said we had a task to go out there and complete. Um, we got to talk to him and see where he was at when we went in at halftime. Um, so we went out there after half and, and, and finished the mission. What were his emotions like at halftime? I mean, it's, it's Debo. I'm not going to give you too much. So. Maybe
2: he didn't give too much in terms of verbiage, but he was crying on the cart. He was in obvious pain and Certainly, there had to be the fear that this was a season-ender. As it turns out, the Niners believe it's a high ankle sprain and not a knee injury. But I would agree with both Greg Papa and Tim Ryan on Niners Radio. This looked awkward and awful. And they showed it multiple times. And I thought, oh, no, an ankle is not supposed to bend that direction. It got caught and rolled up underneath the defender. And so I was really nervous for him. I could understand why he was in so much pain, but also why he was so emotional on the cart. As it turns out, they do not think it's a season-ender, though high ankle sprains can be finicky and sometimes can take up to a month, even more, to to feel better enough to get out there and start to cut and explode uh, on that foot. This game was really all about Brock Purdy, who was not even a year old when Tom Brady threw his first NFL pass, wasn't born when Tom Brady was drafted into the NFL. And so what an awesome opportunity. And he had his parents there. He had a big family group that was watching. His dad was getting really emotional, kept getting a lot of camera time. This was cool for the last rookie to get drafted this spring.
7: I saw them right after the game and, and just, you know, the emotions on their face and um, just the way they look down at me from up on the railing. Um, man, it just means a lot because just throughout my whole life, the, the ups and downs of playing, a quarter, playing quarterback in general, you know, high school and college, they're the people at home that just believe in you and they always see the best in you. And so, um, they believed in me, even though I was the last draft pick and all that kind of stuff. Like they were, they've always been telling me like you're good enough, and and we know that you can do it. And so to see them after that performance, uh, meant a lot to me. And so very blessed to have them as my family. In the preseason, he had to fight just to get, each, to get more reps every day, and um, we didn't go into it expecting. I mean, he would have been our number two going into this year if um, we didn't get Jimmy there at the end, um, and we didn't expect that going into it. And for him to be able to do that and win that job was impressive. And um, then just him going out now, I'm just happy that um, he was able to go out there and perform at the level a lot of us, thought that he was capable of, and I mean, I know the players felt that way, the coaches felt that way, and guys played really good around him, too, and uh, I was just happy for him because it's um, kind of what we see from him.
2: Purdy didn't seem like he was phased by the stage, though he does admit it was super cool uh, to have... Tom Brady dap him up after the game and, you know, kind of give him a a quick congratulations. We'll hear from the Buccaneers because they fall below 500 again. We'll hear from them after the top of the hour. But, yeah, to be able to put all of the nerves, the anxiety aside and come out and play the way he did, like a house on fire, that was amazing.
7: When we found out, you know, we're getting the ball uh, to start the game out, that's when I was like, okay, like, this is getting real. Well, let's go. And so that's why I'm saying like to sort of get hit on the first play. It's sort of, I sort of <laughs> liked it, but other Didn't than you? that, um, you know, it was just a, it was another football game.
2: It certainly looked like it hurt. I don't know how much uh, that looked like fun, but maybe it did kind of break the seal, so to speak. And here's the question I asked on Twitter during the game. And I'm wondering, uh, I mean, a lot of you responded. I'm wondering how you all feel as you listen, should Trey Lance be nervous? Trey Lance was their number two overall draft pick last year. They were trying to trade away Jimmy Garoppolo to clear the deck for Trey Lance. He has a broken foot, so he was gone early on in this season. And it was Garoppolo's job until he also suffered a foot injury. And now you've got Brock Purdy tearing it up, and he's a heck of a lot cheaper. I don't know. We'll see what happens the rest of the season. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.